So I have I have some video clips, like some short stuff, and then I wanted to go over that PBD thing. And then uh, I also kind of wanted to hit the, you know, part two. I'm not probably not going to call it that, but uh, from last week, mm-hmm. talk about the consequences of this, you know, turning of the tides. Mm-hmm. You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Thanks, Mr. Man. Now, look, here's a house full of bees. You think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. <laughs> wow. Thanks for that, Bill. Well, I'm actually giving a real answer to a question. Just stand up and how you say God bless you. God bless you. Bill of Rights. Thank you. God I'm not ashamed to say I'm proud of the stuff I've And I'm not I'm proud to admit on camera and on camera that I will never talk about the police officer. I You may run out of Tom Wood Show episodes. You know, that's not impossible. So check out Liberty Tree Podcast. I am truly stumped on this one. So, did you ever... I didn't have a guess. Did you ever hear... I, I didn't think you'd know it. Did you ever hear the band uh, Bell, uh, Wild Bell? Bell Wild? So, um, Anyways, this chick, uh, Natalie Bergman, is a brother-sister duo. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to say it's Wild Bell. I'm sure my Gertrude is listening to this right now yelling at me. But um, she was listening to this. Yesterday, yeah, and this is so. This is the 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 sister of the two, right? This is her first solo album. It's called Mercy, and she wrote it after her parents were killed in a car crash in San Francisco. I don't know if you remember hearing about this, but they were in a taxi, and the taxi was nailed by a drunk driver and uh-huh. killed everyone in the car. Wow. And so then she went and uh, she did a week-long retreat, silent retreat in this monastery. And when she came out, she wrote this song, I mean, this album. And the whole album is, like, basically Christian music. Mm-hmm. And I was telling you earlier... Oh, right. That yeah, yeah, yeah. My, uh, Gertrude's been on this Christian music kind of search lately. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, dude, this fucking album <laughs> is so good. It is fantastic. And it's Christian music. It's like, it's a, you know, she talks about Jesus and she talks about God and it's usually Christian music is just so cringy that, you Mm -hmm. know, even if it was good, you just couldn't really like listen. She's listening to this last night and I, except for Creed, you mean, right? (laughs) Goes without saying, except obviously with, except for Creed. And, uh, I was just like, holy shit, who is this? This is so good. Um, that little clip of that song didn't quite do that song justice, but it's like chilling, pretty good, chilling music. Um, and yeah, it's all like the story behind it or why they wrote it. It was just really moving. And was she religious before that? Good question. Uh, I 
never got a religious vibe from any of her music right uh before that i that, that gertrude would play interesting uh, of that other stuff with her and her brother but um this is overtly religious music and good like really really good it'd be interesting discussion to have with we had max on for the 9-11 episode and mm-hmm. he has a like a pretty passionate interest in as to why people end up going to church one day mm-hmm. or why they end up reading the bible yeah he doesn't have any theories on that but he is curious yeah it'd be cool does. to have that discussion with him absolutely yeah especially yeah around that we'll find out a little bit more maybe have him back on yeah yeah so we have two guys sitting here next to us. <laughs> Howdy. What's up, dudes? Ryan, who has been on the podcast before, and Jacob. Jacob, welcome. Thank you. You are from? I'm from Denmark. From Denmark. Yeah. And you've been here for how long? This is your second time here because you were here. This is my second time because I was here from July to October for like three months. Right. And now I'm here for six months. Yeah. Nice. And you got sweated at customs. Ooh. Is that right? Ooh. Which is, really, can we not talk about that? <laughs> yeah, we can. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think the rumors would have spread so fast. <laughs> yeah, I got my... It, the rumors spread so fast because I think it made people so angry. Oh, oh really? Maybe. I, hear I know when I heard the story, I was just like, what the... Are you serious? Yeah, but I got in and I was like waiting... Mm an hour in the line to get through customs and mm. then they pulled me to the side and then I was sitting in this room and I was the only white guy in there and I was sitting and waiting. Token white guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting and waiting there. You guys, uh, this looks a little bad here. Uh, we have all these brown people in here. Can you just go find some <laughs> white guy, white guy The whiter the better too. Could you maybe find someone from Denmark? Like blonde hair or something? <laughs> and then when I got in there, they started asking me all sorts of kind of questions, what my purpose of my stay in America was. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I attended to do any illegal work and stuff here and I was like, no, nah, I'm just here to train and enjoy myself. Right. And, yeah, I was in there for two hours and sweating my balls off <laughs> because I thought I was sure he was going to kick me out. Yeah. Uh, if he only knew what you were up to today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but then he called Noah and everything, and luckily our stories matched. Otherwise, I would have been on a flight back home Wow. ASAP. But yeah, yeah, crazy. That was... Uh, that was tough after 15 hours that, of travel. That happened to a friend of mine. He saved. He was like this punk rock kid. He was going to go to uh, go to England because it was like he's going to go see all the old punk rock venues and stuff. Yeah. Saved all of his money. Flew in there. Got off the plane. Got in the airport. And they're like, no. And they put him right back on a plane and flew him home. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. They even checked my bank account and everything in there. I was like, oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you came over here specifically to train, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. In Muay Thai. And jiu-jitsu. And jiu-jitsu. Yeah, MMA and MMA. everything. And, uh, and guns, apparently, too, because we went out to the range today and <laughs> <laughs> shot it up a bit. It gave you one of the most American days we could think of. Yeah, you even had fun. Lee Greenwood queued up on your truck stereo when we picked you guys up. <laughs> and I was wearing I an American... Over, I was like, let's just dial it back just a little bit. Don't forget, dude. I was wearing an American flag sweatshirt as well. <laughs> right there, yeah. That's right. Beautiful. So you guys have both done a little bit of shooting before... But nothing like what you did today with like the no that was a prepping yeah, for that was basically new. the collapse of society. Yeah, 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 that was new. Tell us what gun ownership is like in Denmark. Oh, it's very strict. Like you can only 
uh, if you have your hunting license and uh, your kind of carry license, you can own guns, but it's only meant for hunting. So it's not like uh, handguns or ARs. It's like uh, hunting rifles. And you were saying handguns are illegal. Yeah, you cannot have them in your home. Or the only way you can have a handgun is if you're in a shooting club, mm-hmm. like for sports shooting. And then it will have to stay at the club. Stays at the you, club. Yeah, when you go home. What about a hunting rifle? Could you have a hunting rifle in your house? Yes, okay. but it has to be locked up in a... So you can purchase a handgun and keep it at the club and yes. shoot it when you go to the club. That is correct. What the fuck? Who, <laughs> what is the point of owning a handgun that you can only keep at the club? Yeah. That's, That's crazy. weird. I guess if, you're, if you think the only purpose of having a gun is to target practice at a club, then... Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the only purpose in Denmark because, yeah, nobody is having weapons. I wonder what the crime rate's like, like you know what I mean, as far as shootings go out there. It's only the gangsters shooting each other. You guys you have, have gangs? gang problems over there? Um, yeah, kind of, but mm-hmm. it's like between um, immigrants and stuff mm-hmm. for the mostly like the... Local gangs and stuff are not that involved in like shooting and drive-bys and stuff anymore. Right. Uh, so it's more like the immigrants, criminals and stuff. There is. So you're saying those guys don't follow the laws in Denmark as far as gun ownership? Mm, not really. <laughs> Interesting. It's uh, it's really tempting to go there. I'm not going to though. I don't want to get anyone here in trouble. Yes. With my so, racism. So uh, what would you guys think of the tactical training today? It was neat. Um, yeah, it's, it's like with anything new. It's it's a lot of small steps and a lot a uh, lot to learn. You know. Yeah, but, uh, we were making a, a parallel to training. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because we all train at the same gym, mm. and it's you don't. It's almost like you don't realize. Like one of my favorite things about training is like you don't. You're not thinking about like the amount of like physical exertion you're putting out because your mind is so engaged, and to a lesser so you know, extent, the training stuff too, but it's, you're so hyper fixated on all these little details. Mm. It's, I love that. It makes your, your mind spin. And as soon as you start to gravitate, you know, concentrate on this one thing and then you're forgetting about this other thing now. And, you you know, to do, get those reps in, you know, it is a lot like training, you know, to make it like muscle memory. Oh, exactly. One of the the things I experienced today was that sometimes like me and Ryan, or at least I can, from my perspective, I'm like, in the gym, when people don't get it, and I know they haven't been training for a long time, I'm like, why the fuck don't you get this? Like, <laughs> But then today when I'm a new guy with this shit, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I made a mistake here. And I'm like, yeah, you do it again, exactly. and you do it again. You know, it's just reps, reps yeah. over and over and over. Today and was actually, yeah, one of the first days where being out there, we because we didn't do as much hands-on. He didn't push us very hard out there. Right. It was more just kind of like just having fun, yeah. Just, yeah. just shooting, which is kind of nice to have one of those days every once in a while instead of just being like you're like brand new again. Yeah, yeah. And getting your ass kicked by your coach. Yeah. I had I had this uh, <clears throat> this picture popped in my mind or this scenario where someone from Europe goes, I'm going to America, and the person they're talking to gets this stereotype in their head. Yeah. And I'm looking at Jacob, I'm like, he's that guy. <laughs> he's that guy right now. Oh, what'd you do in America? Just go shoot a bunch of guns, and eat some venison, music. And, yeah. <laughs> eat a bunch of pretty deer. much. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what it did. 
<laughs> so speaking of uh, deer and hunting, we were talking about that uh, that kid that was yelling at the hunter. Mm-hmm. I wanted to share with you guys the uh, the video that I saw. Oh wow! I know it's nice. I'm gonna unmute it for you. Even though he's not a vegan, eat them. All right, you're on video. I eat them. You eat? Do you buy meat from the supermarket? Yeah, but we yeah. don't. You know, they get killed. They get killed. Even they get killed in dirty areas. Nasty, a whole bunch of blood leaking. That's why I'm saying. That's why you don't want that. What? Because kids are upset. They're crying because you want to kill deer. I'm sorry that they're crying. You need to explain to them that it's part of life. No, why don't you go? Look, get away. Excuse me, please don't hit my car. Do you have a pet? Yep. Would you like to see your You're pet dead? Whose lesbian son is this? Who <laughs> <laughs> has zero testosterone in his body? Subscribe if you think. <laughs> Whose lesbian son is this? <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, such a good diss. I've seen that video, but not the, not the one with uh, the, the chick talking, but I'm, I'm more, I give the kid a pass. I mean, he's obviously very misguided. That dad needs the shit beat out of him. Yeah. Like, what a seriously... Uh, it is. I don't, I'm guessing that's his kid. Yeah, yeah. Right? To not be able to explain. When that guy in the car was trying to make the explanation, like, you, the animals that you eat from the supermarket have been killed. Are you against them being killed? Because the way that I'm killing them is much more humane than the way the fucking supermarket is killing them. Right. Mm-hmm. And all that dad could say is, like, their kids are upset here. You're like, that's why we don't put yeah. kids in charge. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry kid. the kids are your, upset. Your kid is upset. You need to talk to your kid about that. Fucking. I'm not a fan of adults having temper tantrums. Yeah, I wouldn't have <laughs> given that conversation that much time. <laughs> I just kept going. Exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so check this out, Maddie. Mm-hmm. Climate change. Snowy UK winters could become a thing of the past. Check the date on that. Mm-hmm. Actually... I feel like I see this article pretty much every year. Yes. Go ahead. You do. Um, this, uh, these articles from the, from the independent... No, this is from... Yeah, from the independent. Uh, they removed this article from their, uh, their archives or whatever, but this one here is from the year 2000, saying that snowy winters... Snow would not be a thing mm-hmm. anymore for kids in the UK. Right. Guess how that, how that works. Guess out. what it's doing in the UK right now. <laughs> Are the roads melting? They say we're going to happen in Ireland. Oh, <laughs> uh, isn't it nice? So I just thought I'd share that with you. Um, all right. Before we go any further, we're checking up on the election odds. Oh boy. Kind of, there has been some changes. How closely are you guys? It'd be odd if you were following our elections very closely. <laughs> Not that close, but... Uh, actually, I, actually, I break, that brings up a question. Mm-hmm. How how closely, or if at all, do people in, let's just say Denmark, follow American politics? Because uh, it seems like it's pretty heavily skewed. Yeah. That the rest of the world does pay a lot of attention to American politics. and They, they pay attention, and, but not that much just as yeah. just as entertainment value yeah it's like <laughs> well it's kind of like it it matters the way that we say this is the most important election of your lifetime this is the most election of our lifetimes <laughs> <laughs> what is this woman smoking because 
America has a tendency to fuck with the rest of the world. This is true. In a way that Denmark does not. So to us, it kind of doesn't matter who the king of Denmark is. That's right, because Denmark's not bombing the shit out of other countries. When Correct. They don't do it yeah, we same. just got a new king like a month ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Young guy? Yes. He's in his 50s. Right? All right. So it's pretty good. Um, may he live a long life. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the polite thing to say to someone with a king. <laughs> do you guys do you guys follow your own? Okay, so how cued in is are people in Denmark to their own politics? I mean, I'm not, yeah, you're, not, you're not answering for the entire country. They are pretty cued in. Are they? For the most part, yeah. yeah. And we also cued in with the American politics because, as you said, America affects... The whole world. I remember... If you had to make a guess as to who the third most likely... This is according to Vegas odds makers. The third most likely contender for becoming president of the United States was... Who would you guess? Number one and number two, obviously, being Biden and, and Trump. And also, if you say Taylor Swift, we're ending this podcast right now. And I would probably say would have been a good Hillary answer. Clinton. Hillary Clinton? Hillary. Okay, okay. But I have no clue. Okay. Ryan, care to make a guess, Ryan? So I'm just going to start by saying I, I put a tremendous amount of effort into not paying attention. <laughs> I don't know uh, who any of those why people you are so are. happy all the time. <laughs> yes, yes. Always That's the secret to that <laughs> smile that never disappears from his face. It's chemically <laughs> induced. Um, I, would, I would say The Rock. Ooh. the state of, of our country. Arnold Schwarzenegger would be good, too. Yeah, yeah. Some, some uh, wasn't born in America. I think you have to be born in America to be an uh, American president. Yeah, we Although got, I've heard we got, that challenge. We got a pretty high standard for being president <laughs> in America. I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah. You have to be, by all accounts, alive and had been born in America. I remember we the first time I went to Europe, and it was in 2002. I was touring in a band there, and you have to do press. And we had just invaded Iraq illegally. And every, speaking of like how cute in Europeans are to American politics, every interview that we did, was me getting screamed at by like some German reporter? Oh, I was like, I don't, I didn't make this decision. I didn't. I'm not in charge of the military. I'm actually against this war, to be honest. And and they were in a complete outrage about what we were doing. Wow, I was like, man, I didn't. It, that was a bit of a wake up call. I was like, they are they're more cued in than most Americans I know about what America is doing, which I thought was pretty fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. It's disappointing. To come back to your own country and go like, man, there's a lot of really fucking dumb people around me. <laughs> fucking freedom fries, baby. All right. Updated odds. Gavin Newsom surging two percentage points in mm. the polls. Mm. He is the number three most likely candidate, according to Las Vegas odds makers. I don't even know who he is. Governor of California. Good man. Oh. <laughs> yes. E evil psychopath. Oh, He's, for all the things that, anything that's gone wrong in your life... Has he been in California? Is his fault? Oh, yeah, just take my word for it. Okay, <laughs> I've heard about Robert Kennedy Jr., but that's only because he was on Joe Rogan. Wait, they are actually uh -huh. they're letting Joe Biden run again. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm afraid. My, I think God has other plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think so too. I, I don't know much about him, but I, as he of, might think he's as, running. As of Sunday, February 18th, yes, <laughs> that is the case. Okay. Wow, good answer. <laughs> Um, all right. 
So let me cap something off. Shift gears a little bit here. Okay. No more fun and games. I want to cap something <laughs> off from last week. Um, last week we talked about how the as as screwed up as as the world may seem to everyone but Ryan. <laughs> um, <laughs> there are some silver linings out there and, um, it does seem like things are starting to kind of shift and move away from this woke ideology that's kind of taken over the world and, um, the totalitarian instincts of a lot of governments and, and leaders is being exposed for what it is. And, um, people are pushing back against that to, to a large degree, at least, that's my take. And I think you've told me that you're, you're starting to kind of see some, some of these. Right. Solar so to explain well. it to you, I guess both you guys, um, Kelly here is kind of the optimist of the bunch. He's just like, I think things are going to get better from where we stand as far, I don't know, ideologically, I guess, which is, I guess to take it back for a second, like COVID was such a huge wake up, just the totalitarianism and the authoritarianism and taking kids out of school and making vaccine passports and restricting travel and crushing small businesses. And eventually you just had, you know, I think the silver lining of that is it woke a lot of people up. I'm more of the pessimist. I was like, it's just things just keep getting like worse and worse and worse, you know? And then Kelly on the last episode brought up the notion of like, I think we're starting to see signs that things are turning around. I think like a lot of, cause what, what it has to do is that chunk of people in the middle, right? Who like, maybe they don't pay attention to this stuff. Um, and they can kind of be swayed back and forth and eventually people get fucked with to such an extent, you know, enough moms had their kids out of school. Right. And they go like, what are we doing here? Like, what, this makes no sense. Kids aren't affected by COVID. Like, this is stupid. And people that didn't normally think about these things kind of have this awakening and they start going like, well, they're lying about that. Like, what else are they lying about? Are they lying about the shot? Are they lying about, you know, they lied about masks and six feet apart and everything. The lockdowns didn't work. And it just kind of woke people up. And I think it kind of went from there to it's almost kind of changing people's worldview, the way they process everything, not just this one, you know, this one catalyst event kind of will make someone wake up and Kelly kind of brought to the table some examples of like, I think those ripples are starting to kind of really start to spread and people really are starting to wake up. And that my pitch, the idea at the beginning, I was like, eh, okay, I'll, I'll hear your pitch. And by the end I was like, I think you're right. And since then, I've noticed, I'm noticing more and more of this stuff and just kind of the mainstream zeitgeist. And to use the title kind of analogy, when the tide shifts, it's, it's hard to see if it's going in or going out right at that moment that it's shifting. It's just kind of there, right? So you really have to be paying attention to see it. But as it kind of starts to move in the opposite direction, it starts picking up more and more speed. And so it might not be totally obvious right now, but I believe that you know, things are shifting. You know what was a huge indicator and I, sh- I don't think I mentioned to you this, but like midweek, I don't know how I got into this rabbit hole. And this is what I see as like a very strong indicator species as to the notion that you were proposing last week. And this is like a big thing is seeing all this stuff on the news. You're saying you, you don't pay attention to the news. I do pay attention to the news, but from a, not in the way that they want me to. I'm, yeah. I pay attention to the way I like... Who is fucking believing this shit? Like, who buys what CNN is saying or MSNBC or Fox News or wherever? Like, it's just 
garbage. It's like garbage. It's meant to distract you. It's meant to get you upset. It's meant to get you to hate group X. And so group X hates group Z and on and on and on. It's, it's just bullshit narratives. And the way that we have always kind of conveyed that to people is like, well, let's just look at the track record. Let's look, let, what do they say about the Iraq war or COVID or lockdowns or Ukraine? Or Israel, you know, it's like they're just wrong, hundred percent, like over and over and over. They just lie, 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 or get or get things wrong. And I started looking into the media, mainstream media, American corporate media is fucking collapsing, and that is such a great sign. It's a beautiful thing. Like, it, yeah, the, the sooner that happens, the better. Because people they're... are starting to figure out they can get real information with with long form and like nuanced discussions to really understand what's going on with. I don't know, Israel and Gaza. I mean, you could spend well, there, six hours talking about that and not even scratch the surface. It's like we, we talked about the, when you watch a really, really bad movie, it kind of takes you out of, you can't enjoy it because you just start looking at the the bad acting and the, you start thinking about, you're not thinking about the movie, you're thinking about how terrible the movie is. And when they fire Tucker Carlson, the most popular newsman in history, the biggest show in all of cable news, makes you start thinking like oh, hold on what, what is this what is this really about like yeah. there's not about ratings anymore so what else could it be about and it just makes you kind of takes you out of the movie you're like and you start thinking about it meanwhile he's now got the biggest show on the internet way bigger than his show was on cable and it's just kind of laughable so you, it it makes you stop taking the news seriously and so they're just in this death spiral it seems like which is a great thing yeah my opinion now Okay, so good. That's exactly where I wanted to go with this because this is a good thing. What's mm-hmm. happening? However, it's fantastic. People are waking up. It's fantastic that you know the U.S. Uh, economic dominion over the world is starting to fall apart. I think that's a good thing. As much as it's great that as Americans we've benefited from the world having to trade in dollars in order to buy oil. So we have this thing called the petrodollar that basically made the entire world dependent on U.S. dollars, meaning they had to trade in dollars, either selling them or buying them one way or another. And any inflation that we incurred was balanced by the whole world having to be inflated at the same time. And so unlike when Zimbabwe prints a ton of money, no one gives a shit. They just tank and the country goes into total, you know, chaos right but the u.s doesn't because as we are printing money which is basically robbing value from everyone that owns dollars um it's not causing a tailspin in our economy because the whole world is forced to trade in dollars well that's changing now and that's bad for the u.s economy in air quotes like whatever that literally means but this situation that americans were in where no matter what we did we rose to the top economically was not good for Americans because nobody in America, like, we just look at like <laughs> Jacob's like, so you guys pick me up playing Lee Greenwood's God bless the USA in an American flag and spend half the day doing the most American <laughs> shit ever. And then you'll be back here and tell me everything that's wrong with the country. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, our American Matt and I are, we bleed red, white, and blue because we believe in the, the spirit that America was founded on, not necessarily in everything that America does. You know, we're not America apologists. We believe in the American ideal. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah. the you know it's an idea long, before it's a country yeah. long story short this <clears throat> printing of money and devaluing currency that's been going on and at the same time having the world's currency has created a situation where americans are basically the global equivalent of spoiled rich kids where we never actually had to work for anything when we used to our economy was great when we produce things and that's what got us into this you know exalted level economically but that went away when all we ended up like more and more um our economy is based on production of finance not the production of goods and so this created a situation where factories disappeared from america and any sort of actual stuff was not being built in america anymore all we built was finance we were financing the globe. Took away us away, away from a tangible base economy. Right. right. And you look at the emphasis in all of our schools is not on learning a trade or learning to make things or starting being an entrepreneur. It was all this white collar stuff that you're being trained to do or bullshit jobs like, you know, human resources managers and fucking shit that no one actually needs. Everyone, jobs that people hate. You know, like the building inspectors of the world, <laughs> you know, just a useless profession. Um, and so we've created a vapid kind of lazy, spoiled uh, society. And all of our kids are too fat to join the military. No one can read anymore. Everyone graduates without being able to do math. Um, our cities are decaying. Our you know, every, just every single metric is declining in America, even though America is this very wealthy country, right? I, it's I, a moral decay and, an, and a decay from the inside out that's yeah, happening. And it's because of this ability to be the world's um, bank, essentially. Yeah. We're no longer the world's uh, furnace that's, you know, pumping out iron and steel for to build things. We're just the world's money printer. Mm-hmm. You want to say? Oh, it's, it's, you were mentioning, uh, I think, obesity rates. And, Jacob, you went to school for nutrition and health, you were saying? Yes. I'm, I'm kind of a geek for that stuff. And one thing I think is such, um, I don't know, it's, it's like such a great, like a signal for like the health of a society. And I, it is astounding to me sometimes to go, like I've, Always thought it was weird. Like, why does the grocery store have a health food section? Shouldn't the whole store be the health food section? Why is it just a half aisle of like, these are actually healthy things to eat? Because <laughs> I'll go to the grocery store and I look at just the fucking poison that people put in their bodies is just mind blowing to me. And I think it becomes kind of commonplace and we, you almost get a little bit complacent. But when you kind of suck yourself out a little bit and you really look around and I'm not. I guess I am looking down my nose at people. I was like, man, there are just some profoundly like sick people around me. And I've always thought that was weird. Like it, it's, you've become to accept that as a norm. And I think that's such a great like indicator of like the health of a society as a whole. Mm-hmm. You're right to judge people on yeah. that. I think, um, like the first time I went to America and went into a supermarket, I was like, whoa, because all the things you are not supposed to eat, they are so cheap, yeah. but when you go to the meat and vegetable part of the the supermarket, it's super expensive in comparison. Right. And I was also like, uh, those scooters for like handicapped people, some yeah. of the 
obese people were using them. <laughs> Most yeah. people scared of the handicapped exactly. people. And I was like, whoa, this is everything there is wrong with this. What are, are there, yeah. Isn't like at this point, almost 70% of the population is, is considered obese? I don't think so. Is it? No? I, let's see. I'm going to look it up. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, I just, I don't, that's something that, I don't know, I've always noticed that, just like being around. It, it took me a while, like I had a kind of an aha moment where, because it's like you get used to it or whatever, and then I remember one day being in, I don't go to, I try not to go to stores ever, yeah, <laughs> try to yeah. avoid public, and so maybe I have like a, there's a little more of a kind of a shock value because I'm not around all the time, but I just remember being in a grocery store one day and just like looking around like, these people are just like dying and I'm looking at what's in their carts. I was like, their cart is filled with poison. Yeah, like there's yeah. not one piece of real food in that cart. It's just all processed foods and chemicals and dyes and everything. I think in a country 42%. Where, uh, where healthcare is extremely expensive, I don't think it's an accident that all the, yes. the bad foods are cheap and, and everything like I that. Think I think it is, Ryan, you're scratching my itch, buddy. <laughs> is I think it's done entirely intentionally. It's to get people set up to be on a lifetime of pharmaceutical products. Yeah, I agree. Like we're going to poison you for the first half of your life, and then we're going to fix the effects of that poison, which you will pay for mm-hmm. for the second half of your life. There are no cures. It's just medicines that lead to other medicines. And That's what was so mind-blowing me of the COVID thing mm-hmm. is, is pretty soon, like very, very quickly we realized, okay, this is nailing people that are already unhealthy. Right, so people that didn't take care of their immune system and their cardio, and they didn't get exercise, and they didn't eat real food, and there was no talk about the preventative measures that would have helped you with COVID. In fact, you were demonized. You got kicked off social media if you say like, "Get out in the sun, right? Yeah, go for a jog, lift some weights, you know, get fresh air in your lungs, go for a hike, and eat some real food. Go get a salad, get some eggs, get some chicken, yeah. and like eat some real food." And people thought you were just you were a fucking asshole for bringing that up it's like all they talked about is like no we have these experimental drugs that we can give you right <laughs> right it's crazy that that was like the first uh first line of defense you know yeah i think i could make a pretty compelling argument that that's related to this that that the decline of american society is all connected so the fact that we give um Money to one of the most heavily regulated industries, the healthcare mm-hmm. industry, which spends all of its time trying to research drugs rather than cures, is related to this this easy money situation that America has gotten into. Forty two percent is according to uh, a couple of those. Where did I get that? Websites is at the obesity rate in America. Um, you might have been thinking about the number of people that weren't qualified to. Join the military. Join the military. Um, so I'm seeing this this turning of the tide, <coughs> and um, it is positive that we are starting to see people wake up to what's actually going on with our country and the world at large and, you know, starting to say no to all of the the basically all of these awful ideas that have poisoned America for all this time. Um, since, you know, I'm a big 
creature from Jekyll Island fan, so I tend to think everything started in 1913. I think that that's the point when they they made it okay to print money to make it legal for not even the government, but this. You guys these, familiar with this at all? Not a creature, from, creature Reserve. from yeah, yeah. So in 1913, Congress created a air quotes Federal Reserve. It's not a federal. Uh, the, the Federal Reserve is not a government mm-hmm. organization. It's, it's just as federal as Federal Express is federal. It's given it's a charter federal. by the government to exist because basically it created a monopoly where uh, the American currency could be printed by these central banks. Mm-hmm. Which are and, privately owned. Which are privately owned. And no other banks could print the money. And everyone had to use the money. So you were forced to use American dollars. And they were allowed to be printed which before then you couldn't print money. Mm-hmm. And any time in history that money has been printed, the same exact thing has happened without fail over and over and over again, which is mass inflation of, of the money. Um, and inflation is basically just stealing value out of dollars. And, you know, it's like if you're playing Monopoly and you have the ability to just pull money out of the, the bank, mm-hmm. out of the, the box, you know, it's, it's cheating. Yeah. And these banks were given this uh, authority to do that. And... You know, it just, it's, it was the beginning of the end, in my opinion. I mean, that's kind of how I see the world. The lens I see it through is this 1913 creature from Jekyll Island kind of perspective. So I see that starting to be exposed, and I have hope and faith that this is actually going to unravel. That would be my dream. Now, and what I mean by that is that we would end money printing. We would end this monopoly on the, uh, the currency go back to a gold standard, mm-hmm. which the gold is worth what the gold is worth, and you, it can't be manipulated, mm-hmm. you know, really. Um, so that's, that's the positive thing that I see coming. Here's the caveat. When this happens, it is not going to be pleasant, okay, which is why we went training today. <laughs> because as much as we want to see this happen, there's going to be at least a small period of pain where people are having to figure out you know, how to do an economy without dollars, without um, money being printed by this, this monopoly. The, and this monopoly that is allowed to print the money, what are they going to do? They're going to lose all of their power and all of their wealth. They're not going to like that. They're not going to go without a fight, right? Um, at the end of the day, I think that the people are out. We outnumber them. And I think that if everyone is on board with this, that there is this possibility that we can change things. It's going to suck, though. And so... Yeah, we're you, ripping off a pretty major fucking Band-Aid right there. Yes, something that probably should have been dealt with decades ago, and we're dealing with it now, it's going to hurt. But um, as long... And they're not going to go without a fight, either. They're going to try to do things like... They might try to do something drastic, like shut off the power grid or, you know, and call it an accident or a terrorist attack or something in order to implement more draconian measures. But I feel like if they try to do that now, thanks to the Liberty Tree podcast, (laughs) people are awake to what's going on out there and they're not going to stand for it. They're going to say, no, I, I know what you're trying to do. We don't accept that. We don't accept a central bank digital currency. You know what I was thinking about, though, the other day? If there is, if they do shut the power off, they can't have a central bank digital currency. You need Fair electricity point. for that to work, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> have you seen the film, um, 
Leave This World Behind. It just came out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. That's what that reminded me of. On the show. Yeah, there's a lot of that in the zeitgeist right now. People are thinking about that and worried about that and <clears throat> maybe planning for that. Mm. Some of us are preparing for that. So I would recommend to anyone who asked my I, advice to I'm not- stock up some food, stock up some ammunition. These, these psychopaths, I don't put anything past them. I, they're definitely not unintelligent people and i think they're thinking they tend to think several steps ahead i think the i my opinion i think they're the people that basically created this covid fucking sham which was nothing it's like you ask the average person like what's the what do you think the survivability rate of covid was ever for everyone entire world population like i don't know like 70 percent. it's like no it's 99.97 percent it's like you shut down the entire world for a disease, and I'd say that even the people that died from COVID didn't die, die from COVID. Yeah, yeah. The people that only died, healthy people that only died from COVID is almost zero. The Israeli study that came out said, said they don't think zero. a single person under the age of 40 died from COVID alone. And when things, when you see a situation and you just see it's rife with fuckery, when the math doesn't add up, they go like, okay, doubt that was an accident. And so the thing you're talking about, like, well, maybe it'll shut down the power grid. Like, maybe they'll declare a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I tend to think is that or the COVID pandemic. That's mm-hmm. why it was done. It was or, almost like a dry run. Like, let's just see if we can, let's just go out there and fuck around a little bit and see if we can lock everyone in their house for like two but, years. Yeah. And again, which is why what we said about Texas, we were warning people not to fall into another January 6th trap where just don't give them an excuse to to take away everyone's rights again. Yeah. Make them work for it at least. Mm. Right. Yeah. We bring up the, the, the notion quite a bit that a lot of these things are basically fed hunting pots, which I think January 6th was. It's like all these people we don't like, what if we just got them all together in this one spot and get, and had a reason to just fucking arrest them all. I mean, you look How at the amount of feds that were in January 6th. People, the insert the insurrection. God, man, I, I know. I admire you. Beautiful. So much. <laughs> I just love this. This is awesome. Okay. okay, let me tell you what happened. So on January sixth, uh, there was the. Brian, you're my favorite, dude. <laughs> it was. Uh, uh, the. Did you guys celebrate like a late Christmas. New Year's Eve. Do you know what January sixth was in America? I have no clue. Oh, awesome. Sweet. Okay, so on January... Oh, boy, you guys are getting American history from us. <laughs> this is going to be great. On January 6th, uh, Donald Trump told his supporters uh, to peacefully protest uh, the election because he did not win, okay? Meanwhile, the feds set up a out-of-bounds zone around uh, the Capitol building, also known as the People's House. Mm-hmm. Um, normally you can walk around the Capitol building and it's the people's front yard. Uh, but on this day they set up some barricades that made the entire area around the Capitol off limits. Air quotes for the state fans out there. As a favor to me. (laughs) Thank you. Um, and so all of these people went down there and protested um, and by going onto the grounds, we're technically trespassing. And then some people broke some windows and opened the doors to the Capitol building. Some other people, known as the police, 
who were the Capitol Police and worked in the Capitol building, also opened doors. And so... And through, shot and shot and killed one of the... Through, through, hold on, you're jumping ahead. Okay. Through, uh, through both some protesters breaking open the doors and some cops opening the doors, a bunch of these protesters went into the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. They meandered around, took selfies, put their feet up on some sacred desks, um, moved some furniture around, I want to say. I, I, I do believe they rearranged some of the furniture. Um... That was that, that the most violent thing they did. I'm trying. Was there anything more violent than rearranging the furniture? The most violent part of that were the people rushing to aid to the woman that was shot in the neck by the Capitol Police. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, so there was someone killed that day. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, and it was her name was Ashley Babbitt, and she was shot by one of the Capitol Police officers. No one brought a gun to this event. Um, yet, despite that, the media instantly labeled this event an insurrection, which means that the people were trying to overthrow the government Mm -hmm. without any guns. The most powerful government the world has ever known, by the way. And so... And if there was going to be an insurrection, we're in a country of 334 million people. There's almost 600 million guns. Like, there would have been an insurrection. (laughs) There was really going to be an insurrection. Mm -hmm. According to my mom, all those people had guns, but they left them in their trucks. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. As we do. We go to Kelly's mom and we're like, what are we missing from the story? Text your mom, see what she says. Uh, So one thing leads to another. The federal government throws the book at everyone who not only went into the Capitol building, go into the Capitol. We have to go into the Capitol. Um, But they also now are, I mean, like, Locking people in jail for many, many there, years. There are still people to this day in solitary confinement that have not had a trial yet. They've been in solitary confinement since January 6, 2020. One 21. guy who wasn't even there got 27 years in prison. Okay, yeah, I know Didn't about this. Didn't even go there. Yeah. I do know about this. I thought you meant just, just this past January. But no, I've, <laughs> I've heard about this one, yeah. <laughs> Is that the one where the guy was wearing the Viking helmet? And That's the one. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The QAnon shaman. So you do what's Jacob news. Chansley. Huh? You do what's the news. <laughs> I mean, I've seen something in passing. This is a couple of years ago. It would ago. be hard. You're a liar. Hauling <laughs> <laughs> him out. Shots you fired. Busted, yeah. Um, have you been to San Francisco, Jacob? Yes. What do you think of it? How many times? Uh, a couple of times. Uh, last time I was here, how many times did we go? Two or three? Two or three yeah. yeah, I think it's San Francisco as a city. It's very beautiful. But when you go around on the streets, yeah. it becomes crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. Matt and I used so to... So as long as you don't go outside. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, also, last time we were here, we went to Gilroy for... A PKB, like a point kickboxing tournament, and on the way home, um, we had to sit on, in the shoulder of the hi- highway because our tire, yeah, blew up, mm-hmm. and we were sitting there for like three hours and waiting for somebody to, yeah, come fix the tire. Yeah, and then we got into Oakland because they were, they wanted to shift our tires there, and me and a girl from the gym, we wanted to walk across the street. <laughs> in order to get some food or some shit at a gas station. And there was people running around on the streets and all the 
restaurants and gas stations closed at 19 or 7 p.m. Uh, because of, yeah, Oakland is just a shit show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's Kelly and I both lived in San Francisco for many, many years. Oh. And it was, oh, wow. it was no, it was nothing. Oh, it was awesome. It was beautiful. Really? Nothing like it is now. Oh, wow. Yeah. It went down. I don't, I don't even I mean, recognize it, it now. It wasn't great. It was a city in yeah. America, which. And we lived in not the best neighborhood, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, we lived right next to General Hospital, which um, was like the free hospital. So, oh, wow. Yeah. 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 I actually went in there one time with a uh, with like cut in my eye. And I mean, it was like gang shootings coming in every, oh, wow. every yeah. like so often. And yeah, it was, it was gnarly. And b- even then, it was not that bad of a city. It was yeah. a beautiful city. There was a ton to love about Downtown it. Downtown was nice back yeah. then. Yeah. It was nothing like it is now. What I've noticed is it just seems like it's been given up on like yeah. like there's just homeless everywhere, there's drugs everywhere. It doesn't seem like it's super dangerous, but it just seems like it's just sad. Like it's just like eh. we, we, it's what we, it is. It's we, been given up on. We've yeah. referred to it as a dystopic terrarium. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, okay, yeah. now we can kind of just sit on the outside like Let's just see what happens. Wow, like, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Run run the experiment you want to run. Like, I don't live there. I'm not going there. I was like, we're just going to watch from the outside. Like, yeah. a, let's just see how this thing shakes out, which is not, it, not very well. It has so many awful problems. And every mayor promises, like Gavin Newsom was the mayor of... Uh, He's going to end homelessness by 2013. Yeah, he was going to end homelessness in San Francisco. Good and fucking luck. It's just gotten worse. <laughs> um, the, the crime has gotten worse the not only has the crime gotten worse but the uh, policy of the city is to no longer enforce the rules against right, yeah, yeah. these crimes mm-hmm. and so the experience of people living there has gotten worse i mean it's just it's awful and almost there you you used to find people who would defend it and say yeah it's funky and it's got its weird quirkiness but i like it you know and yeah. i might even been one of those people actually at, at mm-hmm. one point but you are hard pressed mm-hmm. to find anyone. So I was having lunch the other day, and I was sitting there watching. Uh, I was by myself, but they had the, the TV on, and the subtitles were on, and I was reading, and I couldn't believe this like sequence of stories about San Francisco. This mm-hmm. is the local news here, right. and uh, so I went back and found the segment that I was watching, and I'm going to show it to you guys. This is this is the current state of San Francisco. A resolution went before the Board of Supervisors yesterday and covers several significant issues. It includes apologizing for the systemic removal of black people through redlining and eminent domain, the lack of investment in critical public services in black neighborhoods, and the over-policing of black residents. However, the measure does not address the larger issue of reparations proposal. So, of all the problems in San Francisco... <laughs> what their solution is, the re, what they've these geniuses that run the city have come up with is that you know what we really probably need to do that's going to set things straight. We need to apologize to the black residents of San Francisco mm-hmm. for all of the racism that we've done in the past because that's why the city sucks now. Yeah, right. Not any of the problems that we just talked about and the the policies that lead up to those. It's not no, the human feces, the open air drug market, homelessness not, all over the place. Crime. No, it's because we were mean to black people and we just never apologized. Okay. San Francisco so in the San Francisco suggested that apology also recommended more than 100 other measures to improve the lives of black San Franciscans, one of them being a cash payout for the extraction of black wealth. But Mayor London Breed has said she is not in favor of those cash payments. 
Barriers along Cap Street, Cap Street rather, in San Francisco that were put up to stop alleged sex work <laughs> may have just pushed those workers further down the street. Do you think so? <laughs> really? It, they didn't just go. They, so they put barriers up in the street, like actual like New Jersey wall barriers to stop the sex work in San Francisco. Well, shit. I'm going to go back to school, I guess. Yeah. Right. Well, God darn it. They put those barriers up. I guess I better go get that degree that I always wanted to get. <laughs> no. They're saying <clears throat> the barriers may have just pushed the problem to another street, if you can fucking believe that. Can you believe that? Like, no shit. Never would have Our media partners with the San Francisco Standard report residents a couple of blocks over on Shotwell Street have seen an increase in illicit activity. That's right, we used to It varies yeah. from reports of cars, crash, and fights to open solicitation of sex workers. The ABC7 News I-Team covered the problems and subsequent crackdown on Cap Street. The city is now looking into some permanent solutions to potentially block off streets in that area. So your city is falling apart. Everything that you do seems to make it worse. And so now the solution is to block off the fucking streets. Like, you fucked it up so bad that you can't have streets anymore. Yeah. Now streets are the problem. So we have to block the streets so no one can drive through them. Because we used to design these streets so that people could get from A to B in an efficient manner. But because we've done that, now sex work is exploding all over. And so, well, I guess the solution to that is just going to be block, make it so the streets don't the fucking streets work off. anymore. You know, let's just get rid of streets altogether. Just put grass everywhere. Maybe that'll stop this. These fucking criminals. Oh, oh my God. Band-Aid over a gunshot. Yeah. Jeez. And look at this. That's the iconic dragon statue at the Chinatown Gate getting a power wash in San Francisco. The entire gate got a cleaning by the city's public works crews. They're also doing paint touch-ups. It's part of an annual beautification project in Chinatown just in time for the Lunar New Year Parade. Not this weekend, next weekend. And, of course, celebration that's ongoing. Mm. So, you know, that's a load off. I know that, you know, China does not run California. We all know that. <laughs> okay. But all of the problems going on in San Francisco and yet Chinatown is looking absolutely spotless and they're touching up the paint and they're washing the statues. And when the fucking Chinese are you leader... Are you getting into a conspiracy here? I'm not. I'm not. Theory? I'm not. I'm just, for me? I just, I just, I was sitting down eating lunch and I'm watching, <laughs> oh, look at this problem and this stupid solution. They're going to apologize to black people. That'll fix everything. Oh, we're going to move the barricades around to stop the... Oh, but guess what? Fucking Chinatown is getting a face wash. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Like, San Francisco Francisco is such a goddamn joke. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it crazy? It sucks, like, yeah. it's just, I, how is this city? Not, not to mention the communist leader of China, like, the, the, as you guys have noticed, downtown San Francisco is a violent third world country with mm -hmm. just open sewers, basically. Yeah, yeah like, it's you, crazy. you walk downtown, you're like, I, it smells like I'm in a porta potty. Like, yeah. that's what this whole downtown smells like. And everyone has been complaining. All the businesses have left. They're in a complete uh, commercial doom loop. Mm -hmm. I think uh, CVS closed eight stores. Target, Walgreens closed six stores. Mm -hmm. Like, stores are just going like, we're out of here. Yeah, like, hey, we yeah. just can't, can't do business here anymore. One of the leaders of San Francisco proposing a new law that says 
If you have a business in San Francisco, you can't leave. They're gonna try. They're trying to make it illegal for a business. To, yeah. It's like, how does how does that work does again? Work. So I mean, like, I can't leave. I own the business. I'm not allowed to leave. Like, yeah. You just I just close the door and don't show up. That's right. You're the business is effectively gone. I don't know how you'd enforce that. And then that. the communist leader from China comes to visit San Francisco. All the homeless gone. Downtown immaculate. Oh really? Yeah, for like three days. That. Until he left. As soon as he left, all the homes were back there. Wow. People were shitting in the streets. So I know you weren't getting into a theory there, but... We're going to bring one up. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, Matt. That's I know crazy. folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true. <laughs> because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> because it's true. I know you accuse me of uh, cheating on you, sweetness, and uh, that's true. That's true because it's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, where are we with that? That's a Republican talking point. So keep moving your shit out of the house, please. <laughs> Did you see the uh, video that Tucker Carlson made going through the subway in Russia? No. So I don't have it queued up, but he, after his interview with Putin... He was like, let's go see what the subway looks like in Moscow. And there, it is fucking immaculate. Really? There are no homeless there. There are no drug addicts there. There's no criminals there. There's nobody waiting to push you onto the tracks and kill you like there is in the subways in New York City these days. And the these beautiful chandeliers hanging like in the middle, really? like it's just this amazing looking yeah. train station. And I'm no, you know, fan of, I don't know, totalitarian dictators, right? But but they do run a tight ship. We the trains <laughs> run on time. <laughs> and it's just like kind of interesting. You look at San Francisco and it's like, I'm no fan of this either. And then the the totalitarian dictator shows up in San Francisco and they clean it the fuck up. Yeah. I mean... If you had to choose, you know, they, they maybe the, maybe that's the whole point. You know, maybe they're just trying to, maybe that's the conspiracy. It's like a, they're trying a, to make it so it's bad. A, it's a low grade psyop for like, we, we look, we want totalitarian control yeah. of this entire place. And, but you guys need to ask us for it. And we're going to trick you over several decades to go like, uh, yeah. we got to do something else. We're going to get a king. Nice, nice 50 year old gentleman that everyone likes. Yeah, but in Denmark, the king doesn't really have that much of a saying. We still have like. So is it kind of like the British royals? Yeah. It's just like yeah. It's just. What, what do you guys uh, As far as political parties, how many? What are like the main? Do you have like, like in America we have, well I think it's we have one party. It's a uniparty. There are no difference. There's we, no red. We have a no lot red. of different parties. The Green Party. There's <laughs> like, two sides. There's blue and red and. There's a lot of different parties, but it's usually the same. That it's kind of similar to the U.S., it sounds like. Yeah, kind of, but not really. Yeah. One of is the there, things, is there a Danish Donald Trump? Uh, no. Damn. <laughs> that would have been cool, though. Too bad for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no Danish Donald Trump sneakers, then, I take it? <laughs> Definitely not. But I, I would I, have loved the Danish... A Danish Donald Trump so that we could uh, go around with guns and shit. That'd be dope. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Man, we brought you around in like one afternoon. <laughs> it doesn't take much, right? I mean, it's pretty I'm obvious that hooked. the Second Amendment is a God-given right. It's not an American, right? <laughs> the, um, 
the reason why I ask is one of the we do a lot of bitching and complaining. We bring up a lot of like, you know, basically here's why you're fucked, like part twenty six or whatever. Is and then we get people complaining sometimes like you guys never give any solutions. I was like, I don't have solutions to this shit. You know what I mean? I was like, but look at it like this. The the first step, the first hurdle that people have to get over in their mind is the awareness, is to realize to start to scratch the surface of things like, listen, the reason why you can't afford a house is not because of the Republicans or the Democrats. It's because of the creation of the Central and Federal Reserve and the central banking system in 1911 and then and then to 1913 and inflation. And, like, you need to, once you kind of learn that the way these systemic processes happen, like, this is the result of these things kind of happening. So, like, that awareness of bringing, of, of just waking people up a little bit. So, as far as the political parties, like, I, it's, I spend a, quite a bit, lot of time because it's become one of the most destructive things that I, I feel that I've seen in our culture is people have made politics their religion. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's got everything. It's got the dogma. It's got the false idols. It's got blasphemy. You know, it's got, you know, I'm completely intolerant of you questioning anything about what I believe about this thing. They're like religious, like fundamentalist. And people get upset when you tell, when I I talk to people, you know, here we have Democrats and Republicans. And when you just ask someone, like, what are the difference, what's the difference between a current day between a Democrat and Republican? you will not get an answer. Mm-hmm. I was like, there, there is no, there's no difference. There's no right. There's no left. There are no Republicans. They're all, it's a uniparty. They're all, they're all the same people. They believe the exact same things. They all want to grow the federal deficit. They all support foreign military illegal invasions overseas. They all are going to keep inflation going. They all support the central bank and the federal reserve. And they all can like agree on the increase of the surveillance state. For example, I mean, you can make this list that's 80 items long. I'm like, every Democrat and Republican agrees with everything on this list. There are no difference between these people. Furthermore, point two, is like, do you wonder, just look up the average salary of someone in Congress and then look up their net worth. That's everything you kind of need to know. Mm-hmm. Like, these people go there and they get obscenely wealthy. Both sides. Both sides <clears throat> together investing in the same companies. That's your money. That's why you can't afford a house, too, by the way. Both parties are... Other than that, I don't really have any thoughts about this. Both parties are in lockstep when it comes to um, basically uh, shitting on our founding principles. Mm -hmm. Anytime a bill comes up that is intended to violate the founding principles of our country, we have a constitution and a Bill of Rights in that Constitution that guarantee certain rights to the citizens of America. And it's a, it's a liberty document, if there ever was one. I mean, next to the uh, Declaration of Independence for America, it's probably the most liberty document in the world. Maybe the Magna Carta can hold a, a candle to that from, from England. But we are, Matt and I are liberty dudes, and that is important to us. <laughs> and we're liberty arborists. And the, the uniparty is always in lockstep when it comes to violating 
those those principles that were set forth in the founding documents of our country. Mm -hmm. And they won't admit that. They will always claim to be, you know, everyone wants to, all Democrats and Republicans hold this ideal of the founding of our country as this, you know, important thing that we all should know and love and respect. But when it comes time to renew the Patriot Act, which is a blatant violation of Americans' rights, both sides of the aisle vote to renew the Patriot Act every time, even though this act and was... Increase it. And, yeah, actually go further than it was already um, designed to do initially. And the, the Patriot Act was uh, supposed to be this temporary thing that we had to do because we had to fight terrorism after the attacks of 9-11, and it was just this temporary thing, and yet every single time it comes up for renewal... Both sides go, you know, try to outdo each other with how much they support the Patriot Act. Well, especially so, now. Now it's becoming so an industrial complex. Right. It's as an everything. entire s sector of our economy. As everything. Point, the surveillance complex. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you, you get fewer eye rolls nowadays when you tell someone that tax, you try to explain to someone that taxation is theft. Mm -hmm. I think people, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, I think people are coming around. <clears throat> Dude, speaking of Trump, and the guy is obviously a wingnut, right? Mm -hmm. In a in a kind of, from my point of view, a lovable way. I know that a lot of people don't share that, but I mean, I don't know. I was I, just saying, he's not boring. He, yeah, he is not boring. He's not. Uh, so this, we're looking I, at. A I picture. don't find him to be evil. We're <laughs> we're looking at a picture here of the. The new Trump sneakers, which I got a couple texts about earlier today, and I thought, I didn't know this was serious. I thought this was a complete joke. Well, it's, I mean, who knows how serious it is, but I think they're making it's a like thing. 300 and something examples of them, aren't they? Oh, I have no idea. Oh. No, ah, no look idea. who's been watching the news and <laughs> all of a sudden. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so, um, yeah, apparently some guy had Trump autograph the sneakers, and then he sold them at an auction for $9,000. Dang. Yeah. Nice. There's a sneaker expo in Philadelphia, I guess, that all this took place. Um, all right, so I was listening to Bill Maher from last week, and it was excruciating, as it always is, but I'm not going to play the excruciating parts. I'm going to play a joke he told. About Trump for you. And I find this tr this joke, like, totally offensive. Okay. And I'm not one to really mm -hmm. you know, find jokes offensive. I'd say you're fairly <laughs> thick-skinned. <laughs> All right, listen to this. This, is, I, this sounds like I'm making this is the joke. It's not. This is the true part of this. He used Valentine's Day, Trump did this year. <laughs> just to give a message to his wife in a fundraising letter. And he said, Melania, love you, because even after all the indictments, all the arrests, and the witch hunt, you never left my side. 
check your side. <laughs> because I never see her there. But, okay. And, of course, the good news is it's a three-day weekend. We have a president's death. Trump's tactic to stall and delay and to stall and delay to try to get out of it. Uh, same tactic Melania uses in the bedroom. So that was the joke. <laughs> so he's basically saying that the former president's wife tries to stall and delay and stall and delay in the bedroom to not have to have sex with her husband. Hmm. And I just feel like a joke like that about him is just so cruel and like mean. Like you're you're kind of crossing a line with that. Think so? I think so because if someone told that joke about Joe Biden, I mean obviously it's not a funny joke to begin with, right? But <laughs> you're <all> right there. <laughs> oh, <woo. laughs> If someone made a joke uh, about uh, you were uh, painting the picture of Joe Biden having sex, okay, <laughs> Is that was gonna... fine. But how far apart are Joe Biden and Donald Trump in age? Like four years? I don't think age is really the issue. Nonetheless, if someone made that joke about Joe Biden, it would just be kind of like, like, dude, come on, yeah, like, like Jill Biden is trying to avoid, you know, just stalling and delaying and trying not to have sex with Joe Biden. It's just, like, so tasteless and, yeah. like, kind of, I don't know, just, I, I don't, maybe I have a soft spot in my heart for Trump. I mean, I guess I kind of said I did before this, but still, like, to make that joke about the guy just seems really kind of low character. I mean, even for a guy like Bill Maher, like, just seemed just kind of, I don't know. I think like this, is, this is a... This is a part of life where you and I are not entirely simpatico. Um I just, I, and I guess in my mind, my perspective where I stand with these things is all media, all these politicians, it's just such a fucking cesspool. I was like, I don't care. Like, I think if I had to really kind of put on your pants, uh, I'd probably agree with you. Is Yeah, it's pretty tasteless and lame joke. It wasn't even funny. But I just, it's... These people are so vindictive and shitty and like dishonest with each other, both left and right, that I'm just, I guess I'm not really shocked by anything. Nothing, it takes so much for something to kind of grab it, like grab my attention in the first place. Does that make yeah. sense at all? I'm not, yeah, no, no, no. You're, well, you're, I, I know exactly what you're saying, and I'm trying to think why I don't like agree with you mm -hmm. on that. Um, because it, it just still just it's also, seems it's, it's like, been, it's been fucking almost eight years of the same people saying the same. Like, I get it. I get it. Like, even my people I know personally, like people in my family, like, I just can't have dinner with them anymore because it just turns into them talking about Trump. I'm like, I just, it's been eight years. Like, I, I kind of know where you stand at this point. Like, do we, can we talk about something? It's, it's just it's so, it's so fucking uninteresting to me and so boring. Like, it's just, is there... Is your personality so empty and vapid, like, this well, is all you can talk about? I think that's kind of what it is. I, I think it goes back to what I was saying maybe when we started the podcast, that I am, I see things very clearly, and it seems to me like most people are also, like, we're tired of the dumb movie. We're starting yeah. to see around it, and it's right. things that make logical sense are starting to kind of break through and and get into people's consciousness. Yeah, I agree with that. And to just go to a joke like this where you're just 
for no reason, like the joke doesn't make sense for any good reason. It's not a funny joke. There's no truth behind it. Or, or maybe because Melania is young and it Trump was, is old. It was some pretty watery gruel he was serving there. It was, it, comedy. And it was just kind of like, like, aren't we past this? I feel like, like he has gripes with Trump. And I think the people, mm-hmm. I have gripes with Trump. I mean, there's plenty of gripes to be had. Mm-hmm. And to just have a, make a career off of a shitty joke about the guy's sex life just seems like the absolute lowest common denominator kind of work to be doing. And I don't know. I just, in a time where I feel like people are kind of starting to wake up, like you're going to go to the, like the dumbest, lamest, like most unthoughtful joke. I don't know. Just he he is. And I think that's disappointing because I personally feel it is disappointing. I disagree with Bill Maher and a lot of stuff, but I do believe him to be uh, very self-aware um, very intelligent and very smart comedically and very in tune with what's going on and, and a fairly insightful guy, you know, despite, you know, how much I would agree with him on whatever issues. Um, the disappointing part to me is that for me, remember we said a couple episodes ago, I was like, well, if fucking crap sells then sell crap, crap sells right now. The audience ate that up. It was like, they were laughing before he even got to the punchline. They're mm-hmm. cracking up. Like they just, and it's a little, what the disappointing part to me is that I think he knows what he's doing. It's like, oh, dude, I got this dumb, lazy joke. And if I say that, these people are just going to be licking it out of the palm of my hand. And fine, I'll do that. Which is kind of unfortunate. It is. Because he's, he's kind of an established brand. And I don't think he needs to do that. It's a sign of him kind of just like cresting over the hill and just hitting, like putting it in neutral. Right. To me. Yeah, and just coasting, and he's been doing that with Gavin Newsom <laughs> too, and just he's like, like Motley Crue still touring like the state fair. <laughs> you're like, really? Wow, <laughs> you guys, there's no way you can be broke. <laughs> Why play, are you doing this? Playing the hits. <laughs> wow, girls, girls, girls from a seventy year old. This is great. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to do uh, one more thing here for you. Um, you are familiar with the. PBD podcast, Patrick Bed David. Uh, yeah, I don't can't say I'm a listener, but I've I've heard some here and there. So the I actually know very little about him. I I know the times I have I've th- I actually don't really know where he stands on a lot of issues. I will say that the um, the excerpts that I have heard from his show that I was pretty impressed by, including he was on a podcast with. Oh, uh, Mike, uh, who was the fuck? Anthony Weiner, the guy uh, who was married to Uma Hajin or whatever her name is, and she left him because he was sending pictures of his boner, holding their fucking newborn, by the way, to like 16-year-olds online. Didn't he claim that was an accident? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm saying there's two sides, so let's not jump the gun. It's a wild accident having a boner while holding a newborn child. Oh, yeah, we could start. That. Oh, Dude, that God, was my takeaway. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Why are we skipping? Okay, let's just take this one part of that story, and uh, I think this needs to be discussed. <laughs> wow, I didn't even think of that. That's but uh, he had Anthony Weiner on a show, and he went down name by name, all, I think, 47 of all of the Ryan, let me ask you something. This is very dark, but I would do this on almost every episode. How many people in your social circle, your whole life, have you unfortunately lost to suicide? One. One? Mm-hmm. Jacob? One. One? Yeah. Okay, so 
That's usually the average. Okay. Not 47. Mm, no. Okay. That would, that'd be Hillary Clinton, Clinton's list. Oh, <laughs> so oh, wow. he had Anthony Weiner on his podcast and Patrick bet David, uh, went down every single name and Anthony really? Weiner was like trying to like, okay, okay, okay. We're done here. We're done. And he just like filibustered. You know, nice. <laughs> Seth rich, 47 years old, two gunshots to the head and hanging from a tree. <laughs> just I was like, I don't know who this guy is, dude, but I love him. Yeah. He's a badass. This is him here. He's, I believe, originally from Iran, self-made man, entrepreneur, really, like, kind of tough business guy, Um, and very much, as most entrepreneurs are, into the free market, which means you're into liberty. It means you're against the uniparty that's ruining everyone's lives constantly. And so uh, this podcast tends to be they talk about a lot of things that I think we, you and I align with and, um, I like it, but just like I was saying last week, you still like, as you start to get exposed to more and more of guys like this and, um, the, the landscape of alternative media grows, you start to realize that not everyone that's on the the right for lack of a better term, uh, really gets it when it comes to issues that I think we are good on mm-hmm. and the people that we respect are perfect. On. Yeah. I had that experience, uh, earlier this week. And I think that what originally kicked it off with the conversation that we had last week when we were talking about Dave Rubin, people that we kind of thought were like, yeah, they kind of seem to be in the wheelhouse of getting things. And from where we stand in our perspective, these seems to be kind of getting it right. And, <clears throat> Then as you go further down that rabbit hole or discovering, you know, different platforms and other voices and hearing other opinions, and you go back and listen to some of these original voices that used to kind of lend quite a bit of credence to, and you go, wow, it's kind of off base on quite a bit. And a perfect example is something I talked to you about is the Armstrong and Getty show, which is an AM political radio program that I was like, yeah, I think I kind of like a lot of what they're saying. Um, I think they're kind of missed the bark on some other stuff, but they're talking about sending money to Ukraine, which we are against. Like we're anti-war to sum it up in a clunky verbiage. Anti-foreign and intervention. Anti-foreign and, intervention. In it any just, level. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it has been mind blowing to us to see the way that anti-war back 20 something years ago when we illegally invaded Iraq, I was anti-war then that put me on the left. I was considered a, a leftist hippie or whatever. Now that puts me on the fringe right for some reason, and I still have the exact same opinion. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm tired of bombing the shit out of other countries, killing innocent women and children, you know, and never, and then going like, where did all these terrorists come from? I'm like, well, you fucking killed, you know, the entire village. Yeah. These are the people that are left. They're a little upset about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And they hate our freedom, just, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Just freedom fries, baby. Freedom fries. And to see the way that. I always say, like, I didn't leave the left. The left kind of left me because now they support all these wars. They support, you know, the, the funding of the war in Israel and the funding of the war in Ukraine, uh, Yemen, Syria, Somalia, Libya, Afghanistan. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Obama, our peacetime president, took us from two wars to seven and made so many drone strikes that for the first time in U.S. history, he actually ran out of bombs. That's never happened in U.S. history before. And then they gave him the Nobel Peace Prize. And so that's why 
I get to where I am, I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, this makes no sense. So going back to the way that you think people are kind of on the mark and then you slowly start to realize is like this radio program that I thought like I kind of agreed on and everything made he, this, this was his fucking talking point for the support for the war in Ukraine. He goes, look, you people need to understand we're not just giving Ukraine a bunch of money. 90% of that money stays here in the U.S., and it goes to the military industrial well, let complex. Let me just cut you off because you're... Oh, is that what you're saying? Yeah, you're <laughs> getting a little ahead of the I was the game. actually <laughs> screaming at my radio like, you got to be fucking kidding. Yeah, this is, I'm, I'm glad you're fired up because what they're about to be talking on this, uh, on PVD, about foreign aid and uh, namely war, mm-hmm. right? And America's role in kind of policing the rest of the world. Right. Um, and this guy... And another and another guy. There's four guys on the podcast. This, you wouldn't you wouldn't guess that the people that spent the first half of the day that we spent doing <laughs> are, are completely anti-war. It's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, I'm like we're running around shooting guns and stuff, and then now we're here. You know, we're we're not anti-war because if two armies voluntarily want to have a war against each other, then who am I to, to stop them? We're, we're anti-innocent people getting killed or maimed. And I think the most people on the page, or at least... Yeah. And if you think it through, every war involves innocent people getting killed and maimed, and so... It Mostly innocent <laughs> is that a CNN <laughs> no, uh, saying, talking no, point? Saying, <laughs> <laughs> the war was mostly mostly peaceful. innocent. <laughs> That's not what I meant, but your joke was better, so let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Collateral damage, but of course they have an insurance plan if Trump pulls it off. Though few have noticed, buried in the bill that they just uh, signed, is a text is a kill switch for the next Trump presidency. The legislation explicitly requires funding for Ukraine well into the next presidential term. They're saying the 2026. Okay, the Washington Post has already reported uh, this provision was added to control Trump. Uh, basically, saying if if he in the future says no money for Ukraine, they can impeach him. They can be like, oh, you went against this bill, kick him out. It's all ridiculous and i'm just tired of us just not being asleep patrick we have so much going on in our lives nobody's really do you support that money being sent well this is my question and this i want to get your guys opinion on you know i said at the very beginning of the war i'm not uh a fan of just invading a country and doing nothing about it okay but how much money do we spend here how much money do we spend in afghanistan how much money do we spend in iraq how much troops how many civilians died so i'm not in favor of hot wars or anything like that but u.s as a global superpower we can't do nothing so we can't do nothing u.s is a global superpower we can't do nothing we have to do something matt and I would argue that no, we don't. Yeah. That all foreign intervention leads to, first of all, the money that you're using to do it is being stolen from you and me, whether through taxation or through money printing, as we talked about earlier, right? You're just, you're, you're stealing from us to do foreign intervention. Right. And second of all, what good comes out of that? Please tell me how the U.S. intervening in foreign countries' business has, you know, give me one example of that turning out 
well to to for answer, the world to answer your or for the United to States. Answer your question, Jacob. I think you said like so. Like, what are we doing here? Or <laughs> something along those lines is when we talk about being anti-war. It's <coughs> not because we just it makes us feel good, and you know that's how what I feel in my heart. It's it's based on a very pragmatic kind of perspective, and that's going like, can you point me towards one just in my lifetime? one foreign military intervention that ended up for the better for that country and us as exactly well. and there is a one you know i know it's a sort of uh in vogue to say zero zero nobody gets anything zero for ukraine zero for israel zero for taiwan zero for our allies but that's not what leaders do you didn't ask i asked the question yep do you think, do you support this bill? Do you support us continuously sending money their way <coughs> while many of these guys, this is their war. We're fighting their war and they're not paying the bill. We're paying the bill for NATO and Russian European allies to be protected. Why are we taking the debt for this? Do you support that? I, I, there needs to be a, an understanding here that we can't just continue to have a blank check. But to say zero... I feel like minimalizes uh, U.S.'s power in the world as a global superpower. So what are the ripple effects of, uh, of saying nothing? So we're just okay with Putin invading Ukraine and taking over Ukraine? Are we just okay with Xi invading Taiwan? Are we just okay with terrorism running rampant around the globe? <coughs> because if we don't do anything, what happens? What happens? Look what's going on in the Middle East. If we step away, power vacuums are formed. <laughs> that last line was rich. Yeah, the power vacuum line <laughs> that was nice, right? If, if if we don't do anything, then you know, God knows what could happen in these foreign countries. Yeah, right. All of the foreign aid that we send to foreign countries ends up either in the hands of like military dictators, mm -hmm. or it ends up in the hands of mm, maybe more democratic dictators who then spend that money as Joe Biden just informed everyone very eloquently on uh US military products right bombs and shit yeah helicopters whatever we, we sent mainly bombs right the military industrial and so complex. and that's you know he made that argument that's supporting the US economy that money's coming back to America <laughs> as if spending money on bombs somehow was good for the American economy. If that were the case... That was the argument that I heard. It's like, look, if we get all this money to Raytheon and Boeing and Lockheed Martin, yeah, those are American companies. American jobs. I was like, they, they're American companies that make fucking weapons to kill innocent women and children. Like, Remember when we... I don't care how many jobs that creates. Remember when we proposed just finding a deserted island out in the middle of the ocean and just dropping the bombs on the island? That was good. Right? If that were the case, that that supported the U.S. economy then why the fuck wouldn't we just spend all of our money on bombs and you just take them out to this deserted island and just fucking sink the thing into the ocean, mm -hmm. right? Just drop as many bombs on that as you can. It's American jobs, right? Yeah. If the economy was that simple, that's all you had to do, then why wouldn't we be doing that from day one? Mm -hmm. We'd all be rich, right, from all this money that we're being robbed from us and then given to the military-industrial complex, Okay. And as far as the, the power vacuum thing goes, like name one, we've already said it, but name one instance where us intervening has led to a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. mm. I think Iraq's looking. No. no, 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 no. Yemen. 
Well, you no, know, no, no, no. if you spend 20 years in a country like Let we did in Afghanistan, <laughs> then when you finally pull out, there'll be democracy and women will be. Oh, no, I'm, that's not right. No, no, that, 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 women that, aren't, that doesn't work either. The women aren't doing well there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Syria. There we go. It's because we drew a red line in the sand in Syria. And no, well, the modern wars, no. no but if you go back either. a little bit further, like, I don't know, Vietnam. Then you, or no, I'm thinking of Korea. Mm. Korea's doing well below half of Korea. Was it Vietnam or Korea that we dropped Agent Orange on and Vietnam. suffered the country to multiple generations of birth effects that we're still seeing today? Mm-hmm. Is that Henry Kissinger? You're thinking he, of. Hey, he also won the Nobel Peace Prize. Isn't that <laughs> interesting? <laughs> I think you're thinking of Cambodia and Laos. Mm. And Vietnam, Vietnam, actually, that's right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Genocide. That's just so funny. All right, here's the last little bit of this. And all of a sudden, our enemies that are running rampant around the world will step in and fill that vacuum. So So your your fear is that that if we don't do anything, Putin is going to get stronger. That's what your fear is. I think doing nothing sends a signal to autocrats around the world yeah. that U.S. will do nothing okay. when so, we do what so, we want so to do. So what do you... Go- He's a fucking I, jerk off. I think, <laughs> I think his name is Adam. Um, oh, thanks, Adam. <laughs> yeah. So the reason it's kind of fun to to take the... to talk shit to these guys here is because they're not in the room with us, for one. It's easy. Um, but... We're literally sitting next to two professional fighters. <laughs> I got nothing to worry about. <laughs> no, that's a good point. And now we can shoot guns, too. And we have... <laughs> <laughs> We're armed to the teeth. You guys got 10% more deadly today. Yeah. <laughs> we talked earlier about the the uniparty and this this kind of, whether you're on the right or on the left, as long as we're, you know, chipping away at the Constitution, we're all on the same team, let's, let's go team, right? And you and I have said before how libertarians, there's all this, like, division in, in libertarianism. Mm-hmm. And that is because we have a need to be right about everything. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with talking shit to these guys who are mostly right about the things that they talk about. And you know what? They, they all disagree, the four of them on this show. And it's, it's good because I they are the, not just marching to this, like these march, they don't have marching orders. If you really want to enrage someone, I heard of the greatest way that uh, to people I've actually used this line once <laughs> is uh, someone who liked to argue quite a bit. And the person arguing with is like, I don't, un- I don't understand like why you are always so convinced that you're right. And he said, because if I'm not, I don't say anything. The only time I ever speak up is when I know I'm right. I'm like, eh, try and fuck with that. <laughs> not bad. That's pretty good. So, and I think that our our need to be right on this stuff divides us. Yeah, politically. Yeah, it divides up the Libertarian Party. It divides up people that actually have a need to understand how the world is working and aren't just going to like follow the marching orders that have been given down to them from some political party and some bullshit leader. It's their turn to be in charge. Our need to be right divides us. And personally, I'm okay with that.